You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 202 of Teach Better Talk. My name is Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with the annoying and pain in the butt co-host of Teach Better Talk, Mr. Jeffrey Gargas. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hey, how are you? That was um, oh, well, extra great, mean, I guess. I mean... No, it was it was not mean, Jeff. It, it, was, it was just honest. I just wanted to really... <laughs> you know, set the tone. I feel like there's been a variation of like too many nice podcasts. I feel like I have to overcompensate. You know how it is. Mm. Well, with that feeling just... I mean, we're in episode 202. Uh, so yeah. at this point, if you're if you're just going to put up with abuse, then that's on at, you, buddy. <laughs> at this point, I'm so beat down from having to work with you that I think the only thing that can bring me back up, Ray, is for us to shout out a review of our podcast. How about that? Okay, I agree with that, but I think it's really a combination. It's a review of the podcast and also our amazing guests because, yes. oh my gosh, was this maybe an episode for the history books? Like, this was one that I this think a good one. we are going to, like, quote often, to yes. be honest. there's a lot. Oh, shit, so many little... I, I was taking... I, I, mean, I literally have just page filled with with quotes, her little quotes that she was dropping, so... I'm loving it. So let's okay. so let's do this, and then we'll get to the episode. So do you have a, a review queued up for us to to give a shout out to someone to review? Before you do that, Ray, though, if you're listening right now, we love you to death. We're so thankful that you're listening. Um, but if you can, if you could take a minute and go give us a rating review on iTunes, we really appreciate that. We're gonna start. I'm sorry, on Apple Podcasts. I said iTunes because I'm old school. On Apple Podcasts or any of the podcasts that you listen to, we're gonna start grabbing these and every now and then doing a shout out. So we'll give you a nice shout out on here just to show you a little extra love because we really, really do appreciate it. So, uh, Ray, who do we got today? What we got? Okay, I won't lie, Jeff. I'm just gonna read the first one, which would be the most recent. Okay, that I, like sense, it. It I like it because it sorts it. By date, right? Otherwise, I, I feel like I haven't like read through these. Jeff, we have some like killer reviews in here. I don't usually read our reviews. This is awesome. <laughs> That's what I'm doing tonight. I, I go there every now right. and then, Ray, when you're mean to me. I go and just read reviews because I feel better about myself then. Oh, okay. So this isn't the one that we're going <laughs> to highlight right now, but did you read the one from T. Paz who says hashtag Team Ray? And that's literally what it says. <sighs> you know. All right, I got a real one. <laughs> That one was real, but like obviously that person is like my BFF. Um, this is really the most recent one. This one's by Casey. So it was posted recently. It said, this teacher is hooked. That's what the title is. Nice. This podcast does a great job of motivating and engaging teachers to get better every day. Very entertaining, but most importantly, giving me new information to get better. So talk about Casey totally live in that teach better mindset yeah cool. loving shout it. out casey. casey thank you that's awesome shout out to you keep leaving those reviews those rating in reviews and uh maybe we'll shout out yours next who knows well and i won't lie guys like i don't know if this is really appropriate to say but y'all are family so we can just tell you but to be honest like we appreciate the rating and reviews because obviously we do want to hear your feedback so for those of you that don't choose to do a rating and review and you just like dm us or you're you know you pick up the phone and call us like all that's really great and appreciated but to be honest, by actually choosing to subscribe and then rate and review, it actually gets us access to more listeners, to more educators. So 
Well, we really do want to hear your feedback and that exists regardless. Taking a few seconds to actually write a review or like, you know, uh, like hit the stars button, like that actually does help us reach more listeners, which helps us lead, you know, reach more teachers, which allows us to amplify more stories. So it sounds like, you know, kind of lame, but truly it is a great way for us to just connect with amazing educators that exist all around the world. And while we are very flattered that we've been able to go this long and get to 202 uh, episodes, we want to do way more because every single one of these 202 episodes features an educator in the country. And we haven't even gotten to skim the surface of all the amazing stories we hope to eventually get through in this podcast. And with that, let's talk about another one of these amazing educators. And we have her on t- for tonight's episode, Jamie Fowler-White. She's an assistant principal in, in Memphis, Tennessee. But man, I did not know. We've been connected with her for a little bit. She's a part of our administrator mastermind, which happens every Tuesday. Uh, she's been in there for a while. She brings so much value to that group. And just she's just such a, you just feel good when you talk to Jamie. She's always smiling. She's always just positive. She's always like, we're going to get through this even when it's a rough day. And that was a lot of this podcast too. She just dropped line after line so much just so much value in this one. Uh, but she's got, I didn't realize, 23 years in education. She's been kindergarten teacher, second grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, an instructional coach, uh, assistant principal. So much here. Uh, I absolutely loved her. And I know I always love the failure stories, but I absolutely love this failure story and her message throughout the whole thing. I'm so pumped for you to listen to this episode. Ray, anything you want them to grab and take from this? Oh my gosh. I'm just such a Jamie fan. This podcast was so full of stories that, I don't think our, like, it's not even possible to forget these stories. These are the reasons we teach. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. All right. With that, let's get into episode 202 with Jamie Fowler-White. We'll be getting right back to this podcast episode. But really quick, I want to give a special shout out to any leaders in schools. If you are a district leader, a school building leader in any capacity, the Teach Better team has a weekly administrative mastermind which actually welcomes in district leaders from around the world to come together and collaborate. There is no better time than right now to make sure that you are considering all factors and sharing resources with educators around the country and around the world. This is an amazing get together that happens every single Tuesday. And if you have any sort of leadership role, consider this your invitation. You can get the private link to make sure that you're part of this weekly get together over at teachbetter.com slash mastermind. All right, leaders, we'll see you there, but let's get back to this episode. All right, we are here and we are chatting with Jamie Fowler-White. And Jamie, it's so awesome to have you on podcast. We've been connected to you for a little while now. You've been in our administrator mastermind just about every week for, I can't, I don't even know how long at this point. Uh, it's been so awesome getting to know you and learning about you that I'm really excited now today to just highlight you and just talk all about you and hear all about you and dive into that story more. But before we get too far into things, how are you feeling right now? Um, I'm, I'm feeling all right. Well, you know, school year starting back. I have a lot of information running through my head, but I know that we can do it together. I know I'm not in this alone. I love that mindset, Jamie. Ain't that the truth? Very, very busy time, but absolutely not in this alone. That is totally true. Uh, Before we get too far in, I know that Jeff and I actually have gotten to know you quite a bit over the last few months, but I'd love for our listeners to get to know you uh, more specifically. So using that age-old question of like, so Jamie, tell us what you do. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your role in education, all that you do? 
Sure. Um, well, I'm a native Memphis. I'm Memphian. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I, this is my 23rd year in education. Um, I grew up in the historic Orange Mound community. That's where I got my start and my early education. Um, I actually started out as a substitute teacher um, before I actually entered the classroom. Um, I taught in a classroom for 11 years. I taught uh, kindergarten, second, fourth, and fifth grade, and um, was a substitute all the way up through sixth grade. Um, from there, I went on to um, be an instructional coach. I coached uh, for eight or nine years. Um, during that time, I trained instructional coaches from my district. I uh, helped to write um, our, our handbook that we use for uh, PLCs. And then I went on, my boss convinced me to become uh, an assistant principal, and that's what I actually do currently. Um, I'm going into my third year um, as an administrator. Um, additionally, I just ha I have a couple of other things that I do outside of that. I'm a charter member of um, our state level core advocates uh, in foundational literacy. Um, and I'm also a charter member of a national board affiliate, uh, the network of minoritized educators. Outside of that, I'm just a wife and a mother. <laughs> uh, you got, you got, man, like a track record. I, I didn't realize how many different roles that you've had, which is really awesome that you've done so much, uh, which really gets me kind of excited, even more excited for, for the next question. Cause we ask this all the time. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, but with all the experience you have, uh, I can imagine there's so many stories that you could you could share. But can you find a story and share with us about a time that you've had a failure or a challenge in your career that you, you had to overcome? Kind of take us there with you. What happened? How did you overcome it? And then what did you take away from that experience? Mm. Uh, so uh, one failure in my career um, actually took place on November the 21st, 2007. And I remember the date. Um, I was sitting at home uh, in my home office, sitting in front of the computer, and I was I was so nervous. Um, I had to log in and check to see if I had achieved um, my national board certification. And so I logged in the computer, and it just absolutely broke my heart uh, when I read the words that said I did not certify. Um, and so I had actually been thinking about um, planning to get my national board certification since 1999. During uh, my very uh, first year of teaching, my sister and I had actually visited a information session. And I was so disappointed after I went to the session because they said I had to wait until I had at least three years of teaching experience before I could even apply to try for it. And so um, I had been working so hard just to sharpen my skills. I had been reading to see all of the things that uh, National Board um, wanted you to have if you were uh, considered to be accomplished. And I just knew I was ready. And it just, I mean, it absolutely broke my heart when I did not achieve. And when I thought about all the time that I had put in, um, 
working on all of my little por- my portfolio entries and those particular things. And I just remember sitting there and I was thinking about a poem that I would always have my uh, students in my class to learn. And so um, I don't know if you know the poem. It's called uh, Don't Quit. Um, we haven't figured out who the author is. It always says unknown. I've tried to look it up. Um, but it says, um, but it, but it says, like when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and Many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you can never tell how close you are. It might be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. And so that last line is the one that always uh, resonates the most, that stick to the fight when your heart is hit. And so that's what I did. I pulled myself up, took a few deep breaths, and then I actually went to dig a little deeper into my scores and found out that I was 2,500 of a point away from achieving National Board certification. And so I reassessed uh, and decided um, which entry I was going to redo. And, you know, now that I look back on um, that following year, I don't actually remember being as nervous. And it was almost on that exact date the next year that I actually achieved National Board Success. And so what I learned from that is that I should never give up on a dream or a goal that I set for myself. And now I dig deeper if I don't achieve the things uh, the first time around. And I think I work harder when my back is, when I feel like my back is up against the wall. And it's just um, my friends um, in my sorority have um, nicknamed me uh, Phoenix um, because they say um, when they think that I can't, I have nothing else left to give. There's no way that I'm going to pull myself out of a situation or turn things around. I always manage to um, rise up from the ashes because that's what a phoenix does um, and try to turn things around because I know that when I'm, I'm hit the hardest, that's probably the time that I'm actually going to achieve my most greatest success. And so that's that's what I learned from that particular situation. Oh, I love that story. I love just never quitting, never never giving up on a dream or a goal. I love that you said that you 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 just dig deeper when you don't achieve it the first time and just this whole idea of of rising like a phoenix. I love it. That uh that's a great story. Let's let's flip it now. Let's let's talk about a successful moment you've had. And this can be something big or something small. Uh but tell us uh, what what happened? Why was it a success for you? And what did you take away from that experience? Um, I think my, I don't know, my, I've, I've had many successes, um, but my most recent one actually occurred uh, last school year. Um, my principal and I have been, we've been working 
Um, this will, this is our fifth year at the building, and we've been trying to create like a warm and inviting feel in every space within the building. And so by the third year, we had been able to do every space except for um, our multi-purpose room. And that's our space where our children spend the most time. We have PE in there. We have breakfast, lunch. We have our before care. We have every program in there. And we just um, hadn't been able to get that space uh, to feel like all of the rest of the spaces in the building. And so uh, one afternoon, um, it was like August of um, last year, and um, one of my teachers, she had invited a group in. She was like, I saw this mural um, that uh, this group had painted, and they painted it at like three or four different buildings. Will you meet with me? I want to meet with them so that um, to ask them and see if they'll make a mural in our garden area. And I was like, of course I will. And so we went to talk to them and she talked to them about what she wanted. And I said, I'm just here to support her. And they were like, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do something that we've already done. We want to do something uh, more innovative than that. And so my teacher just kind of looked at me and she was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, and so I took them on a walk. Um, and so when you walk into the building, uh, my building, we have a bulletin board that says, uh, welcome to Bruce. And we have it in every language um, of the students that actually attend the school so that I, I may not speak their language, but I I looked up at, or I asked friends how to write um, just welcome in their home, in their native language. And then we have columns that... Um, our building was, the new building was built in 1999, and every student who went to school in 1998 actually put together a piece of the columns that we actually have in the foyer of our building. When students leave our building, they actually leave a legacy project, and so they leave a piece of themselves behind, and it could be a painting or a piece of artwork, and so we pride ourselves on that, but when you walk into our multi-purpose room, it was Plain. It was white. The walls were white. There was nothing fancy about it. And so when I walked them through that path, I said, did you get, when you walked into this space, is that what you thought this room was going to look like? And uh, when they looked at me, they were like, no, this is not. And I said, exactly. And so if you want to do something innovative, something that will leave uh, a mark on a building, I said, this is the space I would love to recreate. And so they actually donated um, an artist to paint a mural, which gives the history of our school. Um, and what I didn't uh, start off with is that our school is actually um, an historic place uh, within our city. Um, on October 3rd, 1961, um, it was one of four schools that actually integrated or desegregated the schools in our uh, school district. And, and I wanted that history, I like for our children to know their history. And so the artist, after he finished uh, painting the mural that gave the history of our school, I asked him if he would um, consider painting um, the rest of the, the room um, because I wanted 
the whole room to have a different feel. And he was, and we talked, and he was like, and so he donated floor to ceiling um, portraits of the three first grade students that actually integrated um, my my school. Um, and um, they called them the Memphis 13 is what they're called historically, but we call them the Bruce Three. Um, and they're Dewana Kyles, Harry Williams, and Menelik Fonde. And so after the mural was complete, then we invited um, them back to the school so that they could see. Um, we had a big program for them. Uh, we had the news to come out. Uh, and I always love when they come to talk to our students about how important it is for them to you know, get an education and just serving like as the project lead for that. It's, it was just one of my most successful moments. And I just love that now when my students go into that particular space, they can see themselves on the wall. Like we have every, every nationality and they can actually see the history of the school. And we even have um, the word freedom on the wall and we spelled um, it uh, with READ so that we can uh, make sure that our students know that the key to, to freedom is to learn to read. Um, and I just, I love that we're, we were finally able to uh, make the space that's the first place that our children see in the morning and the last place that they see in the evening um, something that actually makes them want to strive for greatness. Oh, Jamie, I love hearing you share your story always, like every time you're in our mastermind or anything in between. But holy cow, was that the best answer I think we've heard for a success story. Like, holy moly. Um, ugh, I could I could listen to those types of stories all day long. They're so inspiring. I so appreciate you sharing that massive, massive success. And your failure story was just superb. I just, I'm like, taking away so much already. I'm so enthralled in what you're sharing. I, I do want to know, you know, question four always asks about what you're excited about right now in education. I really would love to hear about what's really fueling your fire for everything that you're doing. What's really keeping you excited about the work that you're doing? Well, I actually, um, I like change. Um, a lot of people are uh, opposed to things that change, but uh, throughout my life, I've been conditioned to uh, change. And so what most excites me is when I have the opportunity to do something that hasn't been done before. And so we have the opportunity to reinvent education as we know it. Uh, one of my favorite um, people that I follow on Twitter is Dr. Chris S. Jones. And so he talked about um, these three R words and I call it the three R approach, but that's not what he calls it, but that's what I call it. And so the first R is to reassess. And so right now we need to reassess our current practices. And then the second R is to recalibrate. And so we need to recalibrate those practices that are not, um, so we can adapt them to the current guidelines that we have so that we can make sure that we reopen schools safely. And lastly, we gotta, we're going to have to do a reset 
and we're going to have to reset teaching and learning by implementing like new procedures and routines just to make sure that we're not only um, meeting those academic needs, but also the social and emotional needs of all of our students and parents and teachers in our community. And so whenever I see change coming, I always think about um, a quote from H.P. Lovecraft, and he always, he says, the strongest and the oldest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and the strongest fear is fear of the unknown. And so I know like right now, we don't really feel like we're really in control, um, but I would challenge anybody who is listening to embrace the unknown and use this time uh, to create something new and innovative uh, so we can model that resilience and how to navigate change uh, for our children because they're always watching us. And I don't know how many people will be able to say that they have actually actually had the opportunity to rewrite, rework, revise education. And we'll be able to say that we did that. And I, I mean, I just believe we can do it. Yes. Oh, I love that. I mean, I know that was already a piece of advice, but I won't lie. Like, I don't know how you can top that. That is incredible, empowering advice for all educators to be a part of that. You know, I know that you probably have more advice in you. So I'm going to go back to this question. But, you know, if you could pick one piece of advice or, hey, you know, Jamie, we love you. You could even go three pieces of advice. But what is your piece of advice that you want to give educators right now? Oh, any educator, um, you were born to do this. Um, the first years uh, of anything that we do, that we change are the most difficult, but um, together we can do anything. Just think about um, your learning this year as we all are. We'll be trying to figure out which strategies work best, how to acclimate ourselves to this new routine that we have to put in place. Um, but I want them to remember that you're not alone. Every teacher needs a, a collaborative cohort, someone to bounce some ideas off of, to talk through the challenges, to share the ideas and the best practices. And so find that critical friend. Um, it could be a colleague. It could be um, just a friend that you talk to each day. If not, you can look for someone on your PLN on Twitter um, and find you some thought partners to help you make it through. But this year, uh, we're all first teachers again, first year teachers again. And so I would tell them not to be afraid to ask for help or guidance if they need it, because we're all in this together. But but we can do it. We can overcome anything as long as we know that we're not alone. Mm. I love it. All right, let's keep this going. Let's have some fun here. We're going to do the next six questions. And your goal, Jamie, is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Are you ready? Okay, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Oh, texting story. Uh, it's where you actually um, have a texting conversation and you can turn it into a video. And then you can share it. And I, when I saw it, I thought about all the possibilities that a teacher uh, of classes using this to write with. It was just the most intriguing tool I've seen. Uh, give us a book you're reading right now. A book? 
Oh, I got three of them. Okay, but I'll give you one if that's you what can you give want. us three. You can give us three. Okay. All right. So um, I'm reading Cultivating Genius by Goldie Muhammad, and it talks about um, making culturally relevant pedagogy for children. I'm uh, reading Teachers Deserve It. I even told my husband he needed to buy it for his teachers. It's a really good book. I love the format of it. It's different. It's different and new, and I, I love that. Um, you should write more of those. Oh, <laughs> for fun, I'm reading The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Um, and it's a historical um, book, but it's very interesting. Um, so I'm reading that with some friends. All right. Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? You can give us up to three. Okay. Uh, Dr. Caitlin Tucker. That's at Caitlin underscore Tucker. Um, Dr. Eric Youngman at, at Eric underscore Youngman. And at Felicia TN Ed Rip. Um, whenever I open my Twitter account, I can always learn something new or learn about something new. Uh, Felicia gives, um, she gives you like conferences and those types of things. And the other two give me something to learn every single time I open up my Twitter account. What's a good YouTube channel or website for educators? <sighs> well, that would depend. Um, I would suggest that they actually go in and just put in the topic. Uh, my favorite right now is one by Principal Kafele, but I'm learning about leadership styles. And so, but when I'm trying to learn about reading, I go to different places. So I would tell them they actually need to do a search because it needs to be specific. You don't just need to just go to just one, um, just whatever you're doing right now. I like it. All right, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Oh, mindfulness. Um, it helps when you can take your full attention and only think about what's going on right at this moment, like your current thoughts and your feelings. Um, and so uh, I'm always thinking. And with that, it makes me think about myself and I'm always helping other people. So I love the mindfulness. If they haven't done that, they need to do that. When you do mindfulness, they give you like a little quote. And so my favorite one is um, to believe in yourself and all that you are and know that there is something inside of you that is greater than any obstacle. And then I just say that over and over again. Mm, good quote. Uh, and lastly here, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, came from my mother um, and my father, and they always told me whatever I set my mind to, I can, uh, it can be accomplished. Um, if I just let go of any, any doubt and I really, really believe that it can be done. And when I'm confronted with any obstacle, I always say to myself that there's a solution. I just need to stop, take a breath, think it through. And once I'm calm and focused, a lot of times I can figure out a solution or a workaround. Um, that's what I do when things get really hard. I love it. That was like the best tidbits. I feel like there were so many takeaways there. People are going to have to write some of those down. So awesome, Jamie. So Jamie, I want to make sure that everybody can stay connected with you and get everything that they possibly can because this podcast episode was so full of such important takeaways and stories and you're doing so much to support educators. 
Would you mind sharing with us how people can stay connected and um, that way they can make sure that this conversation continues even after this podcast? Of course. Um, my Twitter handle is at JJJJ821. Um, people can also uh, visit my blog at digitalpdforyou.com. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Jamie FW. Um, I also have a podcast. It's digitalpdforyou.com. And if um, and I did recently publish a book, if you want to uh, check that out too, Educator Reflection Tips, uh, Volume 1. Um, it's available on Amazon. Awesome. And you know, you can find all the links and resources, everything we mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with Jamie and keeping this conversation going. So head over to, uh, to the show notes at teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really appreciate that as well. Let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues and hear, the, hear these amazing stories and connect with these amazing educators and share this podcast with them. Jamie, this was such a good episode. I'm so happy we were able to get you on on the podcast finally and to chat with you and learn more about you. I'm excited to continue to learn and grow with you. I just really, really appreciate you taking some time and hanging out with us tonight. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you all. I appreciate it. I always love talking to (laughs) y'all. And until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better. Mm -hmm.